Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. In fact, three uh, guests on the show this evening. One new to uh, our podcast, Estian Bardenost. Estian, welcome. How are you? I am uh, doing very good, thank you. I'm uh, recovering a bit from a cold, um, but here we are. We are getting stronger, um, but I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We'll tell you who Estian is in a moment. But the star of the show, as she always is, Dizan Kutsia. How are you, my dear? Oh, great. And you, Louis. I'm glad to hear you're doing well well. as well. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And when we decide to bring Klaus Kempen in, we'll bring him in. But right now, we're kicking him by the wayside. But before we talk to Esteban, you're in Johannesburg right now, about to board a plane to go overseas. Tell me what you're doing and where you're going. Thanks, Louis. Yeah, so this is quite exciting. It's something new for me. So I will be participating for South Africa in the IPC Athletes Forum from Sunday to Wednesday. Um, and that will be taking place in South Korea. So we're going to be, you know, conferring on issues like athletics, athletes and leadership and um, classification of the Paralympic athletes, those kinds of things. So I'm very excited to be going. It's something new for me, um, international, you know, exposure on athlete governance and so forth. So that's very cool. Um, but I suppose that's a whole conversation on its own. But yeah, so that's very exciting. Very excited to be leaving for South Korea soon. And obviously that is to create initiatives to develop athletes within the Paralympic movement. Definitely. And, you know, discuss pertinent topics that are, you know, already sort of in the Paralympic movement and to get the sense of what the athletes feel and to... Um, so the IPC has an athletes council. So we also, obviously, they're going to, you know, introduce the council and we're going to be able to get to know them a little bit better and, you know, just raise our issues from a, a country point of view. And I guess also things like the athletes well-being. I mean, we've discussed this before. Definitely. Who, who haven't actually heard uh, uh, Lazana's visually impaired um, and mm-hmm. needs a guide, particularly when she runs and, and for most things that she does. And there are obviously other athletes who have other disabilities that needs to be looked at. It's, it's not like you and yeah. I get on an airplane and we fly away, we get to the next destination, we climb off the plane, we walk off the plane, mm-hmm. we go and get our luggage and off we go. Um, mm-hmm. So it does take a lot of support staff and structures around you and other athletes to participate in events. Yes, and there's actually a whole session on athlete well-being, so I'll be sure to at some point give you some feedback on what happened. Lovely. Now, the reason that we have you on is because I'd like to say that you have divorced yourself from Klaus but you made it perfectly <laughs> clear to me and I would be very upset if you did because you are definitely the Laurel and Hardy of our podcasts but Estian <laughs> Cardinals, um, you haven't taken Klaus's place because it was correctly explained to me you do the track and Klaus does the long distance what's it like working with her? Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, I have not taken Klaus's place. Yeah, I guess it is because, I mean, it's it's clearly <laughs> difficult enough for an able-bodied athlete to participate on the track. And there are very few that then also run long distance. And here you are with somebody who, like you say, needs two guides. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So I'm the guide that runs fast with her. And Klaus is the guy that runs um, long and the longer distance with her. And he does need the two of us to be optimal for her kind of performance. And that makes her such an incredible athlete. You know, she's got the range of 
um, an incredible athlete that can perform perfectly well on a 1,500 track and in the marathon she can break world records, you know. So it's just incredible and I'm happy to help her on the, on the shorter distances. Take us through, um, and we've obviously spoken to Klaus on a number of occasions with regards to the longest running. Take us through um, what it's like being a guide to an athlete running track and shorter distances. Yeah, the adrenaline is a bit higher. Um, there's a lot more going on than if you're running uh, on the road and you're running longer distances. Um, so I think the biggest thing is that you need to be really wide awake on the track and <laughs> you need to be friends with adrenaline, I would say. Um, and For sure. Uh, the, the biggest thing is um, you just need to keep Luzon on track, eh? Um, and, and that's literally and figuratively speaking. So you need to give her, keep her on track with regards to time. I think that's the most important thing on the track. And then there's more bodies around you. Um, so my most important job is basically to guide her um, uh, through the track around all of the people to the finish line in, in great times. Yeah, I guess it's much more difficult for you um, than it would be for Klaus because Klaus has got a huge, wide, open road, and he can pace himself and Jean as they run along. In your case, as you mentioned, in a confined space with other people around you, and it's, I guess it's not as easy to pace, is it? Yeah, that aspect can be more difficult. Um, I think, you know, both has its difficult parts. For a marathon, you need to be able to pace yourself for a very long time, and you need to feel and you need to get your pacing correct kilometer after kilometer after kilometer. If you haven't fueled well, there's, <laughs> there's going to be sometimes you might end up in trouble. And on my side, on the track, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of people around you. And to pace, it really does sometimes become a bit of an issue. But that's why I really enjoy running with Luzon because she's a front runner. So if we get to the front, it's our race and it's our pace and it's our goals that we've set out. Um, and and so, so we kind of try to do the tactics that fit us and suit us. Um, but yeah, I think it does have more challenges from a racing point of view and a, a maneuvering point of view. But both has its fair challenges. Can I just say, like, I just want to add to what what you guys are talking about because I think it's it's so important for for me as an athlete as well because um I think on the track what's a little bit different is sometimes like it's the wrong pace but what, like Istian also says we stick to what we set out to do and we know what we've done in training and to, the key for me on track is that you have to trust that and you have to trust mm. that your training and your pace is going to work to the best of it to your advantage because i think like something that stood out for me i'm always you know being a road athlete as well i'm always very focused on pace but sometimes during a race um things on track doesn't necessarily work out exactly the way that you planned it but if you have your targets um you know you are fine on the track and that's a big part of Estean and my relationship as well i have to trust him to make the correct decision depending on what's going on oh, on the yeah. track at that specific point in time. For example, there was a time in Tokyo when we were running at our goal pace and at our training pace, but we were lying fourth in the race. And he just said to me, remain calm. People are going to start fading out soon. You are, you are okay. We are on track. You don't need to worry. And what happened? We got a medal. So that is also a big part of Israel and my relationship is that I have to trust him to make the correct decisions and to not get nervous or get stressed out on the track because I think the scope for that is much more than on the road. Yeah, I think, Estian, if I'm correct in saying, um, and not taking anything away from what Klaus does on long distances, but you are kind of like more of an eyes for your athlete by virtue yes. of the fact that you can see 
five meters in front of you is another athlete who you mm. need to overtake in the last 50 meters, whereas in a 42.2 or even a longer race like Time to two oceans, you've, yeah, you've got that, you know, mm. not necessarily going to be running with somebody who's there to beat you on that long distance race. Yeah. And also, there's much more time to make a decision. I can't talk to Estian on the track. So he has to often like make decisions that will be the best during that specific point in time because there's not a lot of time to talk through a decision, you know? So, Estian, how do you do it, though? I mean, what do you do, drag her along or what do you do to make her go faster? <laughs> Just pull the leash. No, I, I'm not allowed to drag her along. We are going to get disqualified. So there are um, people around the track, you know, officials that look at um, the race and see if you are being naughty. Um, and that's something <laughs> that we to do. But I must say in training, when we train, there is a bit of targets that we want to reach, right? So for the last 15 meters, I would kind of tell her, you know, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. 15 meters, 50 meters left. And then I pull her a bit. Obviously, I need to be mindful of that in a race because that I can't do. But on the track, I basically let her pace and I just tell her a bit slower, a bit faster. And I make her run like, let's say, five centimeters in front of me because she has to be in front of me all time when I'm crossing the finish line. So in training, I would say there is a bit of um, pulling going on. Um, and I think Luzon can tell you a lot of stories about that. Um, but when it's race day, my biggest um, you know, role is to guide on the on our game plan and make sure she gets to the finish line safe and sound and in, basically in front of me the entire time. And your background with regards to, to your athletics career, tell us a bit about that. So I ran track in high school. I also did some road races and cycling in high school. Um, and I wasn't the best athlete necessarily in running or in cycling the individual disciplines but in the duathlon which was running and cycling I was um, quite competitive um, but with regards to track running then in in the university years I ran for the track team um, but I was always like um, the B team captain or the worst <laughs> in the eight you know <laughs> Um, so I really enjoyed running and I really enjoyed racing, but I was never quite up, up there, you know, um, but I love racing and I think that comes through to helping Luzon win races and win medals. Well, I think you could, you've got, you know, that old saying, like when the school teacher said, you're going to make nothing of your life if you don't come to school. And then you like Elon Musk and you look back at the teacher and you go, ha ha ha, look at me now. I guess you, you must be in that same situation. I mean, you were the B team captain. But you're running in the Olympic Games. You're about to go to the World Championships. I mean, it must be an incredible feeling to be able to not only help Luzon, but just to be competing at that level for you. Yeah, no, it really is a dream come true. I've always wanted to be on Super Sport TV, you know. Um, <laughs> and now, luckily, I and, and our podcast, please. And, and obviously, and the podcast, Drag yes. uh, Guy <laughs> Productions. Um, and now I could share the the podcast and the screen with with Luzon. So no, it's it's it really is incredible. It's um, I'm very honoured and very privileged in the position where I am. Um, we're still obviously working very hard to reach to girls and the training is is going um is, is very hard um but uh yeah it is that that story that you just reminded us of um but you know in the end you just need to keep going um keep working hard and and um, everything that needs to come to you will come to you okay so now what? it's so just over two weeks away from paris 23 Parathletics world champs you guys are mm. off you're going um is this a disruption your trip to south korea in your training for the event so fortunately not because Klaus is joining me in South Korea. So um, I, Estian, unfortunately, his job is a bit less flexible. So 
um, so Klaus is going to come and we obviously going to train in South Korea as well. And which uh, disciplines are you participating in Paris? Only the 1,500 meters. Why? There's no, there's no road. So what about 3,000, 5,000, 10,000? I mean, you, you're a wonder. Unfortunately, so Louis, unfortunately, like in your Paralympics, you're, you are a bit limited in terms of your events specifically. Um, so the furthest event that the T11, which is my classification for totally blind athletes, the furthest event that we do have on the track is the 1-5. So I would have loved to do a, a 5 or a 10, but unfortunately that's not available for me to compete in. So in that sense, we are a bit more limited than your able-bodied counterparts who have, you know, like a lot of choice in terms of what they can do. We don't necessarily have that much, like we don't have that many decisions that we can take in terms of what event we're going to compete in. So for me, and, for my class, there is just yeah. a 400 and a 1.5. And this obviously will help you with the Olympics next year as well, having a chance to race in Paris this year. I definitely think so, yes. So Esteban, the training that you guys have been doing, I know you've been suffering a little bit from a cold, um, but are you guys up there and, and ready to bring home gold, do you think? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be, be arrogant. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of saying this as quiet confidence. Um, you know, I, I'm the kind of statistical analytical guy, and I look at the times that we're recording during training. Um, I look at what we did in the past few years as well, uh, prior to Tokyo. And um, Luzon also reminds me a lot about the training and, and how she felt last year when we did it. And the times are looking very good. And if I'm looking at the other athletes, there's one or two or three um, that might pose a threat. But if we have a good day um, and we stick to the plan and, you know, we go all out and we just focus on, on the game plan, um, I'm very hopeful a, a gold medal. I really am. And then, Luzon, I mean, it's obviously you coming from... Uh, Bloemfontein, where let's just be perfectly honest right now, the temperatures are a little <laughs> bit lower um, than they are by about 50 yes. degrees in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how are you going to, how do you find you're going to be able to adjust to the heat in Paris at the moment? So what's great, Louise, is that it's actually summer in South Korea as well. So it's like nice uh, because now we have two weeks to adjust. So that's really awesome. And, you know, also coming from altitude, going down to sea level is also going to really be great um for that but yeah no we are really um are really um i think we're gonna be able to adjust well and we are in south korea until next week saturday and then for another week we are in paris so we have enough time to adjust to the conditions and as far as your long distance running is concerned, what have you been up to over the last couple of months? No, I've, after the two oceans, I've only been focusing on track. So we've solely done some track work. Obviously, we've done short long runs on the road, like 12 kilometers, 10 kilometers. But for specifically long distance running, we've really been focusing more on the shorter stuff. Esther, does it not make you smile like it just did me? Oh no, we just did some short runs, 12 kilometers. I mean, I don't drive that far to work every day in my car. <laughs> yeah, I must say, when they say they go for a long run, it's just 12 Ks or 13 Ks. I tell them they must really enjoy it. Eh? Um, <laughs> no, and, and, and it's one thing about, about Klaus, um, you know, especially when training for, for um, two oceans and they say they're going for a 26 K long run. No, it, it really does make me smile, but just because I'm not the one that's going to suffer. Did you say that she's not allowed to speak to you when you're running the race? <laughs> no, no. I, I wanted to speak. I actually wanted to tell me how she's feeling, 
but you know, 1,500 meters, um, there's no time for her actually because it's just focus, focus, focus. If it's a 10k, we chat. It's fine. We can chat. <laughs> Where I was going was if, if she's not allowed to chat to you or doesn't chat to you, you must be the only bloke she doesn't talk to uh, over a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, look, no, I I'm one that that likes the likes the communication because I really need to know how she feels, if she can push, um, and if she cannot push. Um, so even even if it's going to be a long run, um, it's okay. I, I will I will forgive her. I tease. I know I tease. So Lejean, let's look ahead uh, again to Paris 2024. Um, I take it that you'll be running both on track and uh, in the in the marathon. I'm definitely going to be doing if I'm events. Fortunately, we have a fight where they're going to double up again on both. Okay, so Klaus, um, hello again. How are you? Finding yourself, Louis. So I'm good, been, thank it's you. It's been a while. I've missed you guys. Yes, it has. I, I was going to join <laughs> you at the Comrades, but I had a little bit of a knee problem. Um, so oh, I didn't run this year, but I, maybe next year I might need a, a guide or somebody to run in a bus with me. Although if it's in a bus, I'll be in the driver's seat with an engine underneath me and four wheels. How did the Comrades go? Uh, it was a wonderful day, I must say. Um, I can't complain. I've uh, I really enjoyed the vibe and the and the setting. It uh, it felt like my first comrade. So it was a splendid day. I must say, it's really fun. It did seem different to the last couple of years. I know that there was obviously COVID and whatever, but it just seemed as though that real old comrades marathon spirit was back there this year. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, of the of the King Kingsmead finish or uh, the, the the cricket stadium finish. Um, Instead of uh, of the big stadium, it's just more intimate. But I must say, the vibe compared to last year, um, it's difficult. Everybody obviously experiences it different. The experience is different, but uh, for me, it was wonderful. It felt like one that when you use that word, but the good old days, if you if you, if you want to call it that. No, I, uh, I definitely uh, a big. Uh, no, so no, wanna... it, it depends. Like I said, I had a wonderful. Wonderful experience. So uh, anything you ask me about uh, 2023 comrades will be positive. And um, if somebody didn't have a good day, they'll probably have a different opinion. So uh, I'm just very fortunate. Listen, I'm very fortunate to speak to you because whenever I speak to you, Klaus, you are always positive. So whether it's running the comrades <sighs> marathon or anything else, you're always extremely positive. So even running the fact, and I'm disappointed because you ran one and a half kilometers less than you normally do. So, you know, I've scrapped the time, this, this comrades off the PB because it doesn't count. You ran shorter distances. Um, on a more serious note, Klaus, you're obviously off to South Korea. We've already chatted a little bit to the genre about it. it. Must be wonderful to be able to go to such a prestigious uh, event and obviously to meet and mingle with all these famous athletes and, and administrators. Yeah, I told the past six weeks it was quite hectic getting everything in order. Um, that we almost didn't have a chance to just sit back and, and get excited about it. And uh, when we got the agenda and uh, looking at the topics, what we're going to discuss, um, yeah, I think I'm just, well, we both are fortunate in the fact that we've got this platform provided by SASOC and the IPC and actually make athletes' voice heard. Um, so it's definitely not a not a nice holiday. Um, it's it's opportunity to potentially make a difference. So so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak as a guide, but uh, hopefully they won't know and then I'll get an opinion or two. In. I don't know. No, we can't keep Lejean quiet, but I'm not so sure how we're going to keep you quiet either. Guys, let's look ahead. Obviously, Paris, we've spoken about. Uh, we've got great participation in the events. Estian, are you happy that your training and everything is up to scratch and following that Klaus are you happy to give your almost what we call your running wife over to Estian for a couple of weeks 
Um, yeah, so I think the training for Worlds has been great so far. Um, and this will put in a good, uh, you know, yardstick for us with regards to next year. So in three weeks, um, I think it's a big uh, thing that we're going to tick off. And then we can focus towards Paris 2024. Klaus, you happy to leave Lejean with uh, with Estian in Paris? You think it's safe? Oh, definitely. I, I like to. I, I think to myself, I'm going to write a book um, because I see myself as the Prince Harry of running um, on the spare. So actually, it's uh, Estian that's just borrowing her to me uh, in South Korea. I'm, I'm just giving her back to her owner in Paris. But no, all jokes aside, it's a, it's an absolute privilege. I, I think um, what Estian does is he brings out the best in Lazard and Lazard brings out the best in me so uh, that sense we we quite a good combination Lazard are you ready? I am yeah, I'm ready to go we, I'm excited not only because I'm much slower than you let me say we're well, right behind you, um, you and we wish you all the best and as always you know you're welcome on our show and we'd love to have you on after Paris and I'm sure you, so you can bring the gold medal back for South Africa. Our guest this evening so- on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room, Klaus Kempen, Lizanne Kutsia, and Estian Bardenhorst. What a combination. Flying the flag for South Africa as well as flying the flag in the Paralympians as high as we can go. That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Thank you for joining us. And as always, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye-bye.